Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. They had anticipated a million new jobs in the month of April, and what they got was 266,000. Missed it by that much. Yep. Oh, this is ugly. This is ugly. Look, I don't ever believe anything is the end of the world, but what a miss. Everything right now is in a little bit of wait. What happened? The forecast was 978,000 jobs. U.S. Labor Department saying the U.S. economy adding just 266,000. It's the fourth straight month of gains, which I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see anybody getting a job. And by the way, there are economists out there saying there's not a labor shortage. If you want to make the argument that there are people out there who will take who who are there to take jobs, yes. But whether or not they're taking the jobs is a different subject. And there's enough anecdotal information out there to refute any pseudo-economic claims or economist claim that there isn't an issue. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's such a pleasure to be with you guys. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, Parlor Instagram, Twitter at Tony Katz. Of course there's an issue. You talk to, 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 to people who own pizzerias, you talk to people who are in the construction trades, you can't find people. I, I, I've been mentioning, hey, who's hiring and what's going on? The things that I am getting, and none of it for minimum wage people, more than double uh, the minimum wage, Jobs in all sorts of worlds, in tech worlds and in in construction worlds and in warehousing. There are jobs everywhere and the people aren't there to fill them. So don't talk about the idea of there is no labor shortage. We, in the world, uh, in in, in pretending we were doing good, really engaged in do-goodery. And oh, I hate do-goodery because do-goodery rarely, if ever, does good. We told people to sit on the sidelines and get paid. That's what we told them to do. And now we're seeing some of the problems. But this is such a big mess. Right? Unemployment rate is now... See, there are two things going on, Producer Ari. Double check this if you could. They expected the unemployment rate to be 58 but instead, the unemployment rate is 6.1, meaning that even though the number of jobs and people, you know, has been on the positive side as opposed to losing jobs, the unemployment rate just went up. No, yeah, you got it. Okay, I do have it. The 5.8 was what they anticipated. 6.1 is where we're really at. So you have to ask yourself what's going on. And what's happening? Uh, there, there, there is part of this that, that I argue, as, as I have, we created perverse incentives. These incentives don't do anything for anyone. They have simply damaged far too many. Then you have other things to look at, which is, what is the feeling that good things are coming? That's that gets into some some very very political stuff. But for all of those people who hated Donald Trump and all those people who voted uh, for Joe Biden because they were just tired of mean tweets. Maybe there was something to what he was doing. 
And maybe there was indeed more people who felt that things were going to be okay than they do under Joe Biden. There is a clear lack of faith under Joe Biden. Yes, you could make the argument that some of it has been this this perversion of markets by paying people to stay home. I don't disagree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. We're going to pretend that it's that it's not the case, it's not happening. What a pseudo-intellectual response people are going to have. Or if if they're going to disagree with that. We paid people to stay home. Fact. But the other part has to do with that forward looking. I think sometimes they refer to it as consumer confidence, but I think that might have a a more specific definition. What about the the idea of generalized feel? How do you feel things are going? Where do you feel things are, are, are moving? Do you feel safe and confident? And the answer is no. Not when you're going to raise the capital gains tax by double and you're going to affect capital all over the country? I had the chance to talk to a guy who is opening up a gun store. Opening up a gun store. Very, very cool. Love it. He's not just opening up one. He's going to open up a second one. The second one's going to also have, uh, you know, a range. He's going to have a bunch of lanes. Then he's going to open up a manufacturing facility. He's going to make his own. He's going to make his own uh, firearms. He's going to create his own company. I love it. The entrepreneur doing entrepreneurial things is fantastic and good. Well, the entrepreneur still has to make a living. They still have to create, and they see an opportunity, and they take an opportunity. Those things don't change. You're going to find those stories. But people who already have a business are now figuring out how they're going to grow their business. And when you tell them they're going to double their, their capital gains tax, maybe they take a different look at how they're going to, to grow. And maybe their outlook for the next three years isn't as rosy. It's much more, quote unquote, conservative. And they hold off. I think we're seeing a lot of this play out. I think we're seeing a lot of these things happening. But the people who tell you, oh, no, no, hiring's fine, that's a lie. That is a lie. You know it, I know it, ask your friends. And this, I mean, Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day is this weekend, so give your mom a kiss for me, right? She asked. She's like, do you have a kiss for me from Tony? And then, boom, make it happen. Um, You're going to go out to eat on Mother's Day. Uh, actually, reservations have been through the roof nationwide for Mother's Day. If you don't have a reservation, you're not getting in. Because they, that restaurant world, is having serious hiring issues. One of the people who spoke about it, we shared this uh, just the other day, was Joe Biden, although he doesn't share it well. America's getting vaccinated. Job creation is soaring. The economy's growing, and our country is on the move again. But some of the parts of, the, of our economy need special help. At the top of that list is our nation's restaurants. When COVID-19 pandemic struck, our nation's restaurants were some of the first hit and the worst hit. In 2020, more than 2,300, excuse me, 2.3 million, 2 million restaurants jobs disappeared. 2.3 million restaurant jobs disappeared. Restaurants are more than a major driver of our economy. They're woven in the fabric of our communities. That happens to be true, that end part. And yes, millions of people 
right now not in that world. The restaurants want them back. They're not there. So when you walk into a restaurant for Mother's Day, you may see open tables and open sections. And it might dawn on you to be like, hey, why can't I sit over there? If the restaurant could seat you, they would. But they don't have the front of house staff, meaning the servers or the hosts or the, or the busboys. They don't have the back of house staff. They don't have the kitchen help. They don't have the chefs or the cooks. They can't seat you there. If they do, the restaurant, you know, the whole expression of flooded, right? You don't want to flood the kitchen. You want to have a tempo. That tempo is actually musical if you've been in the restaurant business. See, when, a, when a restaurant is working right, there is a hum to it. There is a, there is a music to it that is just spectacular. I happen to love that feel. Love that feel. Well, they can't see you there because if they do, ain't nothing going to hum right. And then there have been people getting angry. Well, why can't you see me? You have open seats. Why don't you learn how to run a place? Why don't you hire more people? Because it's not that easy. As a matter of fact, for a lot of these people, it's been impossible. Impossible. So when you go out for Mother's Day, don't get in anybody's face. Don't get angry. If your mother or mother-in-law is the kind of person who's going to look at you like you're terrible because she had to wait five minutes to sit down, may I advise not even taking her out? Get her a nonsense cake from a local, local supermarket and say, there you go, lady, and then just go do something else. Because somebody who's going to get angry over these things, needs to, you need to explain to them that there's nothing to be angry over. It isn't going to change. You, there are people yelling at managers and at host staff, wait staff for waiting. This is the way it is right now. And for many of you, you're the ones who voted against mean tweets. And now this is what you get. And for many Republicans, they voted to extend this nonsense. Some people, some places, some cases condoning this nonsense or voting for this nonsense. The idea that government must do something. Well, if government must do something, the government must do everything, and here we are. So there's real pain out there. There's real trying to figure it out out there. And there's a lack of faith in the future. That's obvious. 266,000 instead of 960,000? Come on. That's a lack of faith right now in the future. I don't know if it's going to last. I do not know, but we should be clear. This jobs report did not fall short of predictions. This jobs report is a bomb compared to predictions, an absolute disaster. And if this was under Trump's watch, this would be a 24-hour news cycle story. Every economist that CNN could find would be talking about how uh, it is that, that Donald Trump killed the economy. You know it, I know it, we know it. This Mother's Day, treat the restaurants well. Would you please? I'd appreciate it. I'm Tony Katz.
Did Biden really leave out God in the National Day of Prayer? Isn't that what it was yesterday, the National Day of, of Prayer? Yeah. So in his proclamation on the National Day of Prayer, Joe Biden didn't mention God. All right, that's that's not him. That's purposeful. We're all in agreement, right? We all agree that that's some purposeful nonsense. Good. Good, good, good. Glad we had this talk. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Uh, get the podcast at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z.com. And as I promised, uh, I did review the Crown Royal Peach for Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, you can uh, listen to it on your local station or uh, get the podcast, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Crown Royal Peach. Uh, yeah, I, ha- I have thoughts. I have thoughts. I'll get to them next week if you don't get the podcast, and you should. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. If you're not going to mention God on the National Day of Prayer, you are purposeful in making sure you don't upset your base, which, yeah, does not believe in God. Now, I want to say for the record, I don't have a problem with someone who doesn't believe in God. That is for them. And we either believe in religious freedom or we don't, right? We either believe that people can believe or do believe, or they decide not to. And that's, that's their world. But if you're going to talk on a national day of prayer, well, then you, you mention it. You, I don't know how you could even pretend to do otherwise. But there's something else going on, a story that I thought would have been bigger and kind of slid like, 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 like right under. And that's the story of how Jen Psaki has said that Joe Biden taking, Jen Psaki's the White House press secretary, that Joe Biden taking impromptu questions from reporters is, quote, not something we recommend. Oh, is that right? She's being interviewed by David Axelrod. He's got a podcast, uh, The Axe Files, right? Um, So Axelrod was with Barack Obama. He's now a senior political commentator at CNN. And she said that uh, she has told Biden not to take questions from reporters. Donald Trump took every question everyone was throwing at him every single day. And you know what they said of him? They said of him, well, he's a little cagey. Oh, he doesn't have press conferences. He answered questions all the time, everywhere. The press secretary is advising the president not to answer. Now, the question, of course, would not be uh, about whether he should answer, but whether or not he can answer. Now, she followed that up with, he's going to do what he wants to do because he's president of the United States. No, no, he's not. That much is obvious, right? He has taken a question uh, before. But let's get into what it is you're advising him on. Is he capable of answering the question? That's now the question that you have posed. That's what you are now going to be asked everywhere now my take as i have discussed is that i actually think he's up to it 
I think he's more in command of his faculties than others. And I've seen him answer questions. And I've seen him give off-the-cuff statements. He does it very, very poorly. Right? He is does a very bad job of organizing his thoughts and his facts. He gets confused very easily in his own head. He is not smooth. But I've seen him answer questions, and I've now seen him answer enough questions that I... that I believe that he's in control of his faculties. He knows what's going on. He is the guy running the show. And what he is, is certainly not a moderate. Now, is he actually this progressive? The answer is he is the room. They used to accuse Mike Pence of this all the time. That Mike Pence was better as a member of Congress than he was as a governor of the state of Indiana because he was surrounded by people who were of the same mind. And when he got into, into the governor's mansion, he was surrounded by people who disagreed on a whole host of things. And so he moderated to the room. Right? That has been a knock on Mike Pence more than once. With Joe Biden, Joe Biden does not have a core. You can't say that about former Vice President Pence. Mike Pence has a core. That guy isn't going to forget to say God on the National Day of Prayer. Mike Pence has a core. Oh, he's a politician just like all the rest. Actually, he's not. Because there are some things he simply will not do. Like, I don't know, send back uh, uh, electoral votes to be recertified when he's not allowed to, uh, according to the Constitution. His core said no. I can't do the thing that I'm not allowed to do. Just in case we were all wondering... Right? Just in case we were all curious. I think there were issues with the election up and down the line. It wasn't Mike Pence's fault. Stop saying so. Those people sound nuts. But Joe Biden has no core. His core is being president of the United States and that aspiration he has had for decades. And now that he's here, he's not going to put himself in a place to get vilified. No, no, no. He's going to put himself in a place to be safe. Safe, 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 safe. That's why he does what he does. And also, I think he kind of likes it. He likes the power. He likes the attaboys. He likes placating the people so they don't hurt him. Politically. I'm Tony Katz.
I don't know if you had the chance to hear this lawyer get excoriated by the judge over race. Holy cow. So fantastic. Fantastic. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. So you've got this judge. And this judge is, uh, uh, is, is listening to this lawyer defending his, his client. Lawyer defending client. Exactly what the lawyer is supposed to do. Right? I'm not saying no. I'm saying absolutely positively. But listen to how the lawyer is defending. And he's running from the scene because shots are being fired. Right, right. And he's got in, a in light of what's and happening he's got a in, in got it. Your Honor, Sir, in light just... of what's happening in this country uh, with with unarmed black men being killed oh, by police, hey. the lawyer is white. The suspect uh, is is the defendant. I should say is black. The judge is white, and so the lawyer decides to throw race in there, to which the judge is like. Oh, hell no. Got it. Your Honor, Sir, in light of what's happening in this country uh, with, with unarmed black men being killed don't by police. Hand, don't hand running, me that. Don't hand me running that. From, uh, Wait, shots don't being don't fired even go down that road. I'm not going to let you go down that road. That is so off base. We've got a young man. I don't care what color he is. He's in a neighborhood he doesn't live in at 141 in the morning, hiding on someone under somebody's dock in the water with a holster on. After a police officer had a shot taken at him. Don't hand me this. He's a black man uh, running from police brutality. Look, that is not appropriate in this case. That's not there. I'm not going to let you poison this case with bringing in something that has nothing to do with it. Your bond's $100,000 on count three and $100,000 on count four. Thank Thrilled. Because it had nothing to do with the case. People get so weird when you bring these things up. Not everything fits the little box that you're in, right? On this idea of, of uh, oh, we can just make it about race and, oh, people will back down. No, people are standing up because of so many of these conversations are ridiculous hot garbage. Now... Let's talk about a story that isn't. Let me, let me share with you a couple of pieces. Because one of the questions that's asked, right, is, is, is what is systemic racism? Is it real? And, of course, this goes along to the idea of is America racist? And America, of course, is not racist. It's, it, it, it's easy to say. America is not a, a racist country. Period. End of discussion. Glad we had the talk. I feel better. That does not mean that you can point to things or couldn't point to things in history and be like, that's messed up. There's a, certainly you, you can make the argument that there's a conversation between the people and the nation, but what you're really saying is there's a difference between the people and the laws. Al Sharpton talking about Senator Tim Scott Black senator, Republican, South Carolina, who said America is not a racist country. Al Sharpton, a guy who is a race hustler, may I add, on MSNBC. You called out South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott for saying that America isn't a racist country. It's also something the vice president agreed with. What is your message to Senator Scott on the day of Andrew Brown's funeral? The day of Andrew Brown's funeral, I say to Senator Scott, 
What are you talking about? Are you talking about Americans are not racist? Certainly not all Americans are not racist. But when you deal with the systemic racism in this country, from its inception to the inequality that is still there now, from levels of uh, unemployment to education to the criminal justice system to mass incarceration, how can you say that is still not based on racism? I can say that in the four subjects you brought up, race hustler Al Sharpton, anti-Semite Al Sharpton, murderer Freddie's Fashion Mart Al Sharpton, that you have yet to account for personal responsibility within those four things. However, we could see as a rational people that there are things that are okay, that's not right. For example, we would say, or we have said in the country, and it's not we, the, the punishment for crack is different than the punishment for cocaine. You can make an argument that's messed up. Of course you can make that argument. You can make the argument that if a sentence for one drug, which is utilized by this population, meaning a black population, is greater than the use of this drug used by another population, uh, primarily a white population, that's messed up. You won't get me to disagree. You will get me to say, okay, I hear you. I see you. So why would I respond to that by teaching children they are guilty for the color of their skin. Why would I respond to that with critical race theory and anti-racism training, which are bigotry and the teaching of bigotry? The answer is the rational person wouldn't. You know what the rational person would do? Make sure we get laws off the books. Make sure that those laws are equally applied and we ensure the levels of equality, not equity, because equity is a garbage horse crap statement. Equality that that need to exist and then keep going forward. If you were to do that, you know how many people would be on your side? I mean, I, you can ask that question to Al Sharpton. But anybody who believes that there need to be these wholesale changes. You want the wholesale changes from people like uh, Patrice Cullors, who runs Black Lives Matter? That wholesale ch- uh, change involves the eradication of Western civilization. The answer is no, to hell with her. I'm not going to let that bigot win. Not, not a chance. No. No, 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 no. And neither are you. And that's why you're seeing the hashtag the great pushback and people pushing back about what's happening in schools and all sorts of things. It's different than saying, hey, there's a problem. And people get lost on this issue. They really do get lost on this issue. Because they can't, they can't dissect what's happening. And in order for us to be able to have uh, the more perfect union, we have to. Now, part of that, of course, is by design. Al Sharpton profits off of this. Al Sharpton has been profiting off of race his entire adult life. This is the guy who lied about Tawana Brawley. You may not remember Tawana Brawley. But growing up in New Jersey, and this happened in New York, it's one of the first things I remember from TV. Uh, Bernie Getz, which was a subway shooting in New York, 
and and this and this was uh, about a black girl who claimed that she was attacked by cops. That was a racial attack. One of those cops, Steve Pagonis, Al Sharpton ruined that man's life. Tawana Brawley lied, by the way. Put human feces on her own face. Lied about what happened. She was represented, if you will, by Al Sharpton. In those days, he was really heavy and wore the Adidas tracksuits. Now he wears Armani suits. He is slimmed down, but the mind is still corrupted. He has been a race hustler his whole life. And I can be quoted because he is what he is. Why does someone like that think that I am going to allow that ideology to terrorize my children? That the answer to an issue that we could all see and maybe agree to is not teaching my children that they are guilty for their existence by the color of their skin. And why do we still even allow people like Al Sharpton to be considered leaders? That's a whole, whole nother story. We can simply make these changes. We don't have to buy into the madness. It's not going to do us any good. It hasn't done us any good. It's a disaster. And part of it is because some people can't figure out that there are actual issues that we can go about handling. And then there are those people who don't care who gets hurt as long as they can move an ideology that gets them paid and moves about their own uh, wants, goals, needs, and desires. Now, I have gotten into a fair amount of these conversations, and I'm here to tell you, I'm just getting started, right? Because they, they matter so deeply. And we're going to do a, a very, very deep dive into the things that, all right, that is a, a law that makes no sense. That's damaging. This, this has to change over here and recognize areas that we can make fixes, and why do the people who always want to scream systemic racism, why do they always then go to the idea of more government? If the government's the one that causes the damn problem, don't you want less government so you have less of the problem? But they always seem to call for more government. The government instituted these rules, laws, and regulations that are bigoted. Then we're looking to government to get bigger so they can fix it? As I said, there's something in it for them. There's a level of profit in it for them we're gonna keep exposing it we're gonna keep fighting it and we're gonna win so you know we got that going for us i'm tony katz
I got to assume by this stage of the game that property values in Minnesota have gone down massively. Riots and protests and now a a bank standoff. Hostages are safe, suspect in custody. This lasted eight hours. It was a Wells Fargo bank in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Attempted bank robbery, and then people were held for eight hours. Crazy. Tony Katz, good to be with you guys. The suspect was identified. Um... Uh, and what uh, was arrested, uh, and after the eight hours, he was seen being led out of the bank uh, shortly before midnight uh, there, central time. But he was booked into the Stern County Jail earlier in March on suspicion of two counts of felony domestic assault. Oh! No, no, no. The system's working fine. No, no, no. Booked for assault in, in March and Robin Banks... In, in 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 May. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. You got it. <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good. It's every everybody happy. Totally, totally rational. Not totally rational. Representative Acacia Cortez. I just this audio is so incredible. So incredible. Her her belief that uh that that she knows best right remember she's the one who said people are too busy worrying about being uh factually and semantically accurate uh instead of being morally right she believes she's morally right and of course representative acacia cortez is rarely morally right and now during a committee hearing uh where she's uh, i guess she's in her office or at home right they're doing everything by uh by by the Zoom, she's letting the committee know, uh, hey, you're not allowed to say certain things. That was just a lot. And I think it's really important that it's addressed uh, very directly right now and in this moment. First and foremost, I don't want to hear a single person on this committee or outside of this committee talk about what about uh, valuing life when they continue to uphold the death penalty, when they continue to support policies that disproportionately incarcerate and lead to the deaths of black men and people throughout this country and uphold in a in absolutely unjust medical system that exists for profit that allows people to die because they can't afford to live? Wow, that's a. Uh... That's a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of nonsense. You can't talk about life if you favor the death penalty. Well, I'm, I, I'm actually not somebody who favors the death penalty. I've actually changed on that, mostly because I want to ensure we've done everything regarding DNA testing to ensure that we have innocent people uh, not getting killed. Um, but the unjust medical practices, what do you... For-profit... I mean, she's just screaming about her socialism uh, right now. Remember, she, she's, she's not a capitalist, and she has an issue with you making a profit if you're a doctor. There is no medical advancement that takes place without profit, people. It just doesn't happen. It does not happen. Yes, people profited off the COVID vaccine. And? And, well, why didn't they make it for the good of America? Well, it might have taken a little bit longer. 
I mean, if government had tried to make the vaccine, it might have taken a little bit longer. But hey, we could wait another two and a half years under lock and key, unable to gather for that to happen. Oh, no, no, that would have been worth it. There would have been no harm and no problem. But then she gets into a subject of abortion and Planned Parenthood. In addition to that, if we want to talk about Planned Parenthood, let's talk about how many lives Planned Parenthood has saved and how many babies have been born because of the prenatal care provided by Planned Parenthood. And if you don't if you don't believe it and if you've never met a Planned Parenthood baby, I'm happy to let you know that I am one and that my mother received and relied on prenatal care from Planned Parenthood when she was pregnant with me. Planned Parenthood provided 8,626 prenatal services in their 2019-2020 annual report. That's what they make the claim. 8,626 prenatal services. They provided 354,871 abortions. What are we talking about here? She actually came to this committee hearing a conversation about um, examining America's black maternal health crisis to say that Planned Parenthood saves lives. Look, uh, just so we're clear, if we have Obamacare, there is no need for Planned Parenthood, right? Because you can get the, the care anywhere. You don't need these in these underprivileged neighborhoods. They're in underprivileged neighborhoods because their founder, Margaret Sanger, was a believer in killing black babies. Just so we're also clear. Planned Parenthood's an abortion mill. Everybody knows this. She always sounds like a child when she talks. She might be a good friend, but her policies, and when she engages policies, always childlike. Ugh. Monday, everyone. Take care. <laughs>